According to Callus. This is episode 160. I don't have a good title for this, but we're going to just go with Abortion Update. So the curious thing is I kind of had an off month. Uh, November was not good to me. One of the things I can't quite figure is the way things are tracked. I get a lot more traction in one area and lose it in another. And I really just haven't been able to make sense of it. But I returning to the consistent posts, if you will, on the uh, podcast, trying to keep putting out the uh, new message, the new data just trying to keep things fresh, trying to stay abreast of the subjects and always trying to drive it down to the local level. No matter how important or no matter how mm, federal an issue is, it always has a local angle. And I do my best to bring that to bear, to, to show that. So, I gotta ask if you find any of these episodes useful, helpful, or entertaining, will you share it? Will you like it? Will you subscribe? I'm trying to build a show here. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to elaborate on the message of liberty and the local implications of liberty. And it's a challenge to do that <laughs> um, when you can't seem to stay consistent, which I fixed that. So I need some people that are going to chime in, give some feedback, even if you just say, I don't agree, or say, I know, but th- this is this is part of building this out. This is part of the effort into this is so that we can have a dialogue outside of the normal echo chamber. So share it, like it, subscribe, whatever you feel comfortable with. Tell your friends. You know, I'm not a stranger. I am in McKinney. I attend plenty of things, and I'd love to hear from you either online or in person. So without further ado, we go on to episode 160. So I've got five five points that I want to touch base on if the Supreme Court issues an opinion along the lines of what honestly I think would have been the right thing to do you know way back when 50 some odd years ago and Quite frankly, I think Chris Ann Hall pretty much laid out what she thinks is likely to occur. Of course, we're prognosticating, we're guessing, we're not really sure what's going to happen on that high court. I mean, we already know that Roberts has been bought and controlled, and apparently Kavanaugh can't be trusted, and (laughs) well, then there's Barrett. But nevertheless, here we go. So, let's say they unwind the nationwide restrictions that were brought about by the opinion in Roe versus Wade. In other words, they say, uh, we're going to return this back to the states, where it should have been all along, 
and we're going to let the states determine what are the restrictions that they wish to put in place. So in my home state of Texas, that would mean that virtually all abortions would be banned. Coincidentally enough, in my former home state of Wisconsin, they have similar restrictions on the books and will basically trigger into effect the moment that the high court says, well, we overstepped here. We violated our own restrictions to make an opinion that superseded state law, something that we're not supposed to be able to do. But nevertheless, so we go back to Texas where essentially anything over I want to say it's 15 weeks. There's the age of viability in there. It's somewhere between 22 and 24 weeks. But suffice it to say, you can see the heartbeat. You have a baby. It's an independent entity. It is a human and you don't get to kill it anymore. So that brings about a number of questions that I think certainly conservatives need to answer And most certainly, Christians need to answer. Now, as an interesting aside, the Catholic Church has always opposed abortion. And really and truly, the Protestant churches were asleep at the switch. Back when the high court determined that they knew best for all and that killing babies was magically okay. And they really didn't do anything about it until they were goaded into it, in my opinion. But as I say, often this is my show and it's largely almost always my opinion, hence the name. So in addition to that, now that most Christian churches agree that killing babies is bad and we need to stop it and we're possibly going to be successful in accomplishing that with the high court this time around, even though they refused to do it back in the Casey uh, opinion. There is the question, what do we do with all the unwanted babies? So right now, I I guess I, I don't have a number. They say there's been 60 million babies approximately killed since Roe v. Wade was decided and all the states, you know, knuckled under like little babies to an opinion of five out of nine people in black robes and decided, well, now magically it's okay to kill your babies. So if we're at 60 million babies after 50 years, so that's roughly let's say a little over a million babies per year. And we're going to say that that number's probably held steady on average. So in the next month, there's going to be roughly 100,000 babies killed. And we're going to also say proportionately that that number, because Texas has 12% of the population of the entire state of, or the entire country, right? So we've got 36 million people and there's allegedly only 320 million people in the uh, country. 
So let's just say for argument's sake, there's 12% of that. So that means that every month, 12,000 babies are being killed. So going forward in the state of Texas, there's going to be 12,000 babies every month that are born that are unwanted. And the reason why we know they were unwanted is because their mothers were going to kill them. So that's going to create a bit of a quandary. See, we've been dealing with the idea that we didn't have enough replacement population, which is when you have mothers and fathers that have children, they need to, on average, have 2.2 or whatever the percentage is, or I'm sorry, the real number is. I want to say it's 2.2 children per couple in order to replace themselves. And we're below that. And we've been below that for quite some time, particularly when we decided to applaud or acknowledge that it, you know, it's a good idea to go ahead and kill your baby because it's inconvenient. So now we're going to have 12,000 more babies per month showing up in the state of Texas. How are we going to take care of them? Who's going to take care of them? What do we do with them? Now, it would be very easy to say, well, since we're now going to be having babies being born, which, and let's be honest, for the next 15 years, they're really not going to contribute to society a whole lot. But that does kind of offset the desire or the need for um, immigration, right? Because now you're going to have your own people being born here. So you don't necessarily need 100,000 people coming across the border every month. Just something to consider, right? Maybe there's a trade-off here. So instead of spending X billions of dollars on um, immigrants or illegal aliens or however you want to classify or divvy them up, just spend it on the people that are born here that previously were being executed. Something to think about. I don't know that that's the best answer. But it is, it, is a, it is a question. What are you going to do with 12,000 babies a month in the state of Texas? Who's going to take care of them? Now, I suspect that the uh, Christian churches are going to have to get off their butts and do something. I, I'm sure Catholic charities will be stepping in and perhaps the uh, various um, Protestant denominations would step in. I mean, certainly there's going to be government money in this, right? I mean... That both of those groups are receiving big money for bringing in uh, illegal immigrants and resettling them somewhere else. So maybe we take that money away and give it to them in order to take care of the unwanted babies. Just a thought. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, next question. So you made it illegal. What are you going to do when somebody goes and kills their baby anyway? I mean, what's the appropriate response? How do you determine whether it was on purpose or not? What's going to be the criteria of determining this? Are we going to create more government in order to figure this out? And I got to say, as much as I don't want babies being executed in the womb or otherwise, I'm really uncomfortable with the idea that there's going to be more government investigating people's lives in order to determine whether or not the baby died of natural causes in the womb or there was a legitimate miscarriage. 
I'm really uncomfortable with that. And you should be too. But the flip side is, is we can't tolerate nor allow 12,000 babies per month to be executed in the womb in the state of Texas. So again, what are we going to do if they do it anyway? Is there a good answer? I'm not sure. Something something we need to consider because if we're successful, if we get what we say we want, how are we going to deal with that? And the state legislature has already shown that they're not comfortable with the idea of punishing the mother. So are we, are we going to punish doctors? We Are we going to go after... Uh, other people that do this stuff, I, I don't know what the right answer is. But it's something that we need to have an answer for. We need to think this through before these changes come about, if they indeed do come about. And, and I wonder how many people have actually stopped to think about this. I mean, all the good hardcore conservatives, right? The pro-lifers, the Christians, we conservatives, we don't want the babies being killed, but what happens when it ha- when somebody does it anyway? And how do we determine if it was on purpose or not? Do we have an answer? I don't know. I'm not sure that there's really a good answer available. I'm not sure that the answer that is available is something that I'm comfortable with, which is why I don't think it's a good answer. And I don't know that more regulations are going to be helpful either. So what do we do? Which then directly goes on to the next question. Well, how do we plan to track this? Right? I mean, are, are we are we going to start monitoring when... I mean, they already have the technology to do this. They can already pretty much guess accurately when a woman gets pregnant by her buying habits through the store. In your phone. So is that how we're going to track this? Are we going to make sure that um, people when they're pregnant, we track them to make sure that they don't lose their baby? And if they lose their baby, are we going to launch an investigation to look into whether or not the baby actually died of natural causes or was removed from the womb by some illegal procedure? Have we given this any thought? Do you really want to bring about these consequences? Do you think this is an ideal situation for the Republic of Texas? I mean, if we're going to really do this and we're going to really put a stop to abortion, right? If we're going to really get serious about this, you're going to basically have to acknowledge that you need more government, more police, more investigators, more social service workers. There's going to be a lot of money being spent to control and watch this. As good conservatives, is that something you're really wanting to do? Is that a fair trade-off, right? Would you like to spend, say, I don't know, 5% more per year and take on the, we'll call it a burden, because remember, going back to the thesis that these are unwanted babies, and 12000 per month going to give us a little over a million. I'm sorry. 12000 per month. It's going to give us about 150000 per year in just the state of Texas. 
that are essentially going to not have families, nor anybody to take care of them or look after them, somebody's going to pay for it. And the churches can barely take care of their own people because of, you know, I don't know, Olstein needs a new jet. I, 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 I don't have an answer there. I'm picking on a guy that I don't even know, but just go with me here. Are, we have misplaced priorities, perhaps, in the church world. I don't know. But we need to consider this. We need to think about it. And are we going to be really comfortable with the idea of having a baby Gestapo? Again. And, you know, this is one of the things that the libertarian movement's been arguing over and fretting over for a couple of decades. In fact, I I read a book, I don't know, probably over a decade ago called Hope. And uh, the author's name is escaping me at the moment. But... He laid out the idea that those who want to control others and those who are tyrannical use abortion as a wedge issue to separate the liberty movement. Indeed, his character uh, in the book, Hope, um, came up with a couple of good arguments that were, to some degree, quite uh, compelling as to why making um, abortion illegal would have negative consequences. And I got to tell you, it took me back. It, 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 it was, you know, something that, you know, these questions are directly coming off of the thought process that he laid forth in that book. And uh, I don't think we've done ourselves a good service if we succeed in accomplishing this only to not have an appropriate solution. I mean, we watched this play out when we had the Republican majority, both in the House and the Senate, and the Trump was elected. We could have done away with Obamacare, right? We, we could have just went back to what we had. We could have reformed it. We had lots of options, but there was no plan, or certainly not a plan that anybody could agree on. And I'm just concerned that we're going to be setting ourselves up for a similar situation. After five decades of fighting to end this Holocaust that is occurring in our own country, we don't have a plan of action. And I'm really concerned that because we don't have that plan of action, we're going to actually invite a fate worse than what we're dealing with right now, if that was even conceivable. Now, you may not agree with me. You may poo-poo what I'm telling you. But the government that had the power to say no also has the power to compel. If you can be compelled to not do something, you can be compelled to do something. We're dealing with this right now in another venue. And for those of you that have been paying attention for the last 18 months, you know exactly what I'm referring to. If you can require one medical procedure, you can require another. If you can not require a medical procedure, you can force somebody to not have it as well. Just something you want to consider. And while we're on the subject, let's jump over to the next logical conclusion. What are you going to do with repeat offenders? I mean, we already have them. I mean... Some people are just irresponsible or selfish or whatever you want to call them. And I mean, at what point when you've got 
multiple abortions under your belt, you go beyond a (sighs) helpless woman who had a series of bad errors and bad choices and was seeking to avoid destroying a child's life by killing them. And now you've become a repeat offender. Are you not actually closer related to a serial killer than a victim? Are you not more related to a violent sociopath than some poor defenseless woman? I I just want to know. So what's an appropriate response? Or, or better yet, what do you do with a doctor that continues to do this anyway? I mean, I've, I know there are... I guess what I would call legitimate reasons for terminating a pregnancy before viability. And they usually center about around uh, genetic deformities, um, some kind of exposure or legitimate risk to the mother, all of which. Okay, fine. I'll grant you all of those. What is that? A half a percent? Eight-tenths of a percent. So you're going to have to go through some kind of legal system in order to approve this, right? Most hospitals already have like an ethics committee to determine whether or not these are appropriate things to do. So the, the mechanism is already there. We, we can determine whether or not there was a legitimate concern here. Of course, then if we get into the muckiness of the health of the mother, well, are we talking mental health? Are we talking that she, you know, might have been discomforted. I mean, that's that's a not clear term, and it's certainly not clear uh, definition. But again, so now you got uh, an individual that's going ahead and killing babies in the womb for mothers for whatever reason, and he gets caught or she gets caught. I mean, Gosnell, as far as I know, is still wandering around somewhere because he maybe got a hand slap. What do we do in Texas? Now, my fear is, is if we actually jail a person like this, if we actually go through the show trial of doing this, that we're going to make it a cause celeb. We're going to open up a giant can of worms. So my solution is, and just go with me here, why waste the time? Just deport them, strip them of the residency. Take away his medical license, whatever. Make him go somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure New Jersey, New York, Illinois, California, they would love to have him or her. They would love to kill some more babies there. Why don't we just send them there? Now, I I would imagine that a lot of these people will self-deport, right? If they're going to take away the business of Planned Parenthood in Texas, well, they might just go to Illinois. I'm okay with that. I mean, it's terrible. It's disgusting that they're going to go there and, you know, kill babies, but they won't be in Texas anymore. And, you know, (laughs) worst comes to worst, there's always the Texas option, and then we can deal with that situation as we see fit. And while we're on the issue, what are we going to do if, I don't know, Austin or Houston or Dallas decides that they're going to be sanctuary killing zones? Right? 
I mean, they already flout um, state law. They already flout federal law and what some of the things they do in some of these bigger cities. I mean, what's to prevent them from doing this? Just something to consider. What are we prepared to do as Texans? What are we prepared to do as conservatives? What are we prepared to do as constitutionalists? Because honestly, we care about the rules. What do we do? What are we going to do as Christians? Because we care about life. We call we care about honoring our Father in heaven, and it's a very dishonorable thing to kill your <laughs> to kill your babies, to wipe out the next generation before they're even born. I have no idea how you can possibly claim that's God honoring, even if you are in some kind of crazy universalist. Uh, sect church or Episcopalian or Methodist or some Lutheran churches God forbid the Presbyterian churches and now even the Baptists are getting squishy on this and the Lutherans how? I mean at least the Catholic church except for the hippie Pope that's there now has always held to that now they may have a bishop or a priest that gets out of line but they usually correct that I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm very uncomfortable with it. But hey, don't worry. Everything got better in Ireland when they decided to start killing their babies there too. Okay, so the last directly related point, something that you need to consider. What about abortion vacations? I mean, we already have medical tourism, right? I mean, people go to Costa Rica, Panama. I'm sure people come to Texas from other parts of the country. And we know Canadians flood to the Americas all the time to get procedures that they would wait for for years in Canada. But hey, it's free. It's all good. It's free. Just you'll be dead by the time you get that surgery you need. So what are we going to do when this pops up? I mean, honestly... You almost got to admire the deviancy behind it. If you're in Nevada, I mean, you already have Sin City. Why wouldn't you open up a um, hundred abortuaries to go along with your casinos and your whorehouses? And I mean, come to Vegas, get your fake marriage, cheat on your wife. Make sure your girlfriend's baby can be terminated and lose all your money in the casino. I mean, I could just think of the ad campaigns. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hey, man, I went with my girlfriend and, you know, she was 14 weeks in and uh, we just had to take care of that before anybody else noticed. I mean, again, it's terrible. It's terrible. But it kind of solves the problem, doesn't it? I mean, for decades we've all rolled our eyes when people get married in Vegas or get divorced in Vegas. I mean, and everybody kind of knows that when you're in Vegas, you're doing things that you would only do in Vegas. So, I mean, it seems to me that this is the next big thing, right? And for Nevada, I mean, or New Jersey for that matter. Well, of course, that's interesting too. New Jersey's pretty Catholic up there. I wonder how they're going to think about this. Interesting. Something to consider. So, 
realistically, I'm not comfortable with the idea of testing people before they go on a vacation to Vegas of all places or when they come back retesting. I I don't think that's in the best interest of Texas, but certainly this is something that we need to consider with something we need to frown upon, something that needs to be at the very least discouraged, but how are you going to stop it? Because it's going to be perfectly legal there. And I, again, I, I'm just making up Vegas because, well, it's Vegas. I, I don't know. Maybe go to New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California, right? Don't forget Oregon and Washington. You know, I, I could see that. And there'd be big business in those couple of states where, hey, come here, kill your baby. Only 12 grand or five grand or whatever. Then we're going to have to worry about cutting off the federal funds to this stuff too, right? I mean, I know on paper we've done it, but we need to do it for real. Because if that continues, we're still paying for it. Even though it's banned in Texas. Even though you can't do it in Texas without going through a process to prove that, you know, mother's life is significantly in danger or the baby's life is incompatible with life, right? If you have your brain outside your skull or your heart is not developed or you don't have lungs or I don't know, you have multiple chromosomes that cause deformities that are not compatible with life. Are we doing that mother a service? I mean, this is one of the things you need to consider if you're going to make it illegal. There's got to be exceptions to the rule. But you don't make a rule based upon the exceptions. You make the rule and then come up with the exceptions and understand there will be exceptions. So I'm thinking the uh, medical tourism. I mean, hey, look, if somebody's going to Vegas once every 10, 11 months, we're going to get the jig is up there, right? We're going to know something's going on. They're repeat offenders. Maybe, Maybe it triggers something. Again, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I don't want government monitoring this. But if we're going to make it illegal, you can't let people just get away with it willy-nilly. There's got to be a consequence. There's got to be at least a threat of being caught for the bad behavior of killing your baby in the womb. So, maybe make it a no-travel zone. I, I, I don't know, but I really think the deportation is the best solution. Or better yet, just go text it and be done with it. But if if Texas is going to stay in the union, just say, yes, well, young Miss Jones here has terminated three babies for no cause. And rather than imprison her, or rather than supporting her in her mm, sociopathic behavior, we're just going to go ahead and deport her, send her over to Illinois, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, any of those countries, or any countries, any of those states should be happy to have that person. They'd fit right in with that culture. We'll, we'll even pay you to go there. In fact, I would be willing to bet it would be cheaper to pay people a half a million dollars to leave with the understanding that they can never come back. Now, I'm sure there's a court somewhere that will issue an opinion that there's something wrong with that, but really? The state gets to determine who is a resident of their state, right? 
I mean, the state gets to determine if they're going to incarcerate you. Shouldn't the state be able to determine whether or not you're welcome in the state? Just something to think about here. It's a win-win. And I think most of these people will redeploy based upon this law anyway. I mean, yes, it's still going to happen. And it's going to be the mythical black back alley hanger abortion nonsense that we heard about when we were young kids. And maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. The technology's there. I'm sure they'll find a way, some way, somewhere, they can get away with it somewhere. I mean, drive across the border into New Mexico, right? I mean, we know Oklahoma ain't going to go for this. Pretty sure Louisiana ain't going to go for it. So that really only leaves you the option of going over to New Mexico. But I got to believe that even in New Mexico, they care more about their unborn children there than a place like California. Washington, Oregon, New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut. These are all places that should love to have people that want to go kill their next generation. Please go there. Uh, Go with goodwill. Uh, I would be happy to give you a parting gift on the way out the door. Just never, ever come back to Texas again. Everybody's happy. You get to go about your life killing your babies and we get to say in Texas, we don't tolerate that stuff. Bless your heart, go to New York. So, in conclusion, if we are successful, if all the efforts for the past decades come to fruition in some form of the end of Roe v. Wade is issued as an opinion out of SCOTUS. And the state of Texas actually has enough spine to go ahead and make it all illegal. We really, really need to think about these questions. We need to have a plan. We need to have an understanding that as terrible as this is, there are legitimate few very very few there are legitimate times when maybe this is the appropriate or the lesser of evils of an action i'm not real comfortable with throwing somebody into prison for a terrible decision they may have made much like i struggle with the idea of somebody's bad behavior ruining them for their entire life but this is different This is murder. You can call it whatever you want. It's murder of a different name. And while we've desensitized multiple generations and we've told them that it's a choice and we've lied to them about the implications of what they're doing and we've turned out a bunch of little sociopaths, we've got to have a little grace. We've got to come up with a conclusion and a conclusion of what's the best course of action. We have to have a plan. We have to understand what we're going to do to deal with the 12,000 some odd extra babies every month. We're going to have to come to a conclusion of, well, does that change maybe how we handle the border situation? Does this change how the charities are going to function? Does this change how the state's going to finance certain things? I think these are all important questions that we need to have answers to. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it from the current leadership that we have. 
I don't think either side of the aisle is really interested in coming up with a workable solution. But some of them actually care. Some of them probably have good ideas. I want them to step forward. I want them to start talking about this right now because a decision's coming and hopefully, prayerfully, the right decision will be made and the opinion will come out and return it to the states and the states can do what is best. And at least 29 of them are going to say, no, you can't just kill your baby because it's inconvenient. No, you can't kill your baby because you want to. And yes, we understand there's some challenges and some hardship, but you don't get to kill your baby because of it. Any more than you should be able to uh, kill your infirm parent or grandparent. This is just not the way we value life. This is not the way we in America should look at things. not the way we Texans feel about this. And that goes for both the Texians and the Tejanos. But we need to have answers. We need to start talking about this right now. And if the churches continue to stay silent and refuse to lead, somebody needs to do it. I don't trust the government. And I'm surely, surely hoping the government will stay out of this and let the churches step up to the plate. But I have very little faith that that's the way this is going to play out. But we can get involved right now. You can get involved in your local church right now. You can look at how are we going to expand or build out ministries to deal with this situation. Because it's not going to go away. It's already there. We've just been able to successfully ignore it for so long. Because quite frankly it's so easy to go kill your baby. But we're going to make it a lot harder. And we need to be there. We need to have compassion. We need to have grace. People make mistakes. And we need to help them through it. Go and sin no more is what was said to many, many people in the Bible. And we need to do the same thing for these people. We cannot encourage them if we're not there to speak to them. And with that, my friends, this is According to Callus. This was episode 160, and I will see you on the other side.